Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. You know, we're in, we're in church, but have you ever gone to someone's house and, and it's just fun to be in their house? You're with friends and, and, and you just let, let the walls down and you just share a joke towards each other. You, you, you just have fun. Can we imagine we're not in church at the moment? We're actually in our mate's house and we're sitting around the barbie and we're just talking and we're having fun. Let's let down the walls of, of what we think church should be and let's just be a group of people, fellow believers in the house of God who have come to learn something about God and, and to encourage each other. Can we do that this morning? Yeah. Awesome. Once again, I welcome you to Gilston. And I love Gilston because I love you guys. I think you're awesome. I think you're fantastic. Cupra, you especially. <laughs> uh, okay, so I've got a bit of a different word this morning and I wrestled with this one because, and Claire will tell you, this was a wrestle. And sometimes you get a thought and it just flows really easy. And sometimes you get, sometimes you get a thought and you think, people don't want to hear this. And this is one of the ones where I, I'm unsure whether you want to hear this. But I, but I hope you get something out of it. I hope that God, that, God, that God does something special in your life through this. It's a really simple word, a really simple word, but I, profa- I pray that it'd be profound for your lives. So, sim- and it's, it's called the turnaround or step back in. And guys, have you ever experienced where you've got to say that you were wrong? You were wrong. Have we ever had to say that lately? I was wrong. And do you have that struggle from the time it's it's in in your head and when it's coming out of your mouth, there's a bit of a gap and it takes a while for that word to get out because our pride gets in the way. Can we admit this morning that we can be wrong sometimes? You know, it can be hard to get out. And I'd like to go through this morning a few thoughts firstly about how we can be wrong and I'd like to turn around about how can God can change what is wrong in our lives to something really spectacular if we're willing to allow, allow him to intervene in our lives and do something of it in our lives. Um, you know, I was thinking of a time that I was wrong and nothing came to mind. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I'm actually being truthful. It, and it was really bad because I know I'm wrong all the time. Claire will tell you I'm wrong all the time. And, yeah. And, and really, truth, I, I, nothing came to mind. And, and one of the reasons why nothing came to mind was because I was too busy blaming everyone else for my problems. Do you do that? Sometimes when we sit there and we're just wrong, we sit there and we just blame everyone else. And normally it's the closest people to us. So this morning, men, are you ready? I want you to repeat after me. I can be wrong. Yeah, wrong, wrong. Women, ladies. Now men, this is gonna be a tough one. But ladies, you're ready. I 
can be wrong. Wrong. Sometimes. So if you're married here, can you just turn to your partner? Can you turn to your spouse? And I want you to tell each other, I was wrong. We're doing a bit of marriage counseling here this morning. Yeah, yeah. It's somewhere we don't normally go all the time. You know, um, I can think of some real whoppers where I was wrong. And I apologize to anyone here. You know, I, I really try and remember people's names. And if you see my phone, I've got, I've got one part of my notes folder, and it's just called names. And when I meet you, if I meet you, I'll, I'll turn around and I'll quickly try and write it in my phone. Because otherwise, by the time I've got two steps away, I've forgotten it. And, and what's worse with that is it's really terrible because I've actually had conversations with someone where I've talked to them for like five minutes and I've called them the wrong name. And as I walk away, someone will remind me and say, do you know their name was actually such and such? So if I've done that to you, I am really, really sorry. I didn't mean it. There was nothing in it. It's just me. So we all can be wrong. We're all wrong. You know, I was delivering a fridge for someone the other night and I left I'd been to the church and, and I left and I had to go to, to a, a suburb in, on the Gold Coast. And for some reason, I started driving and I headed to Carrara. And I got to Carrara and I'm in Carrara and I'm thinking, why am I driving to Carrara? I had to go to Ashmore. <laughs> so I turned around and I, I left Carrara and I drove towards Ashmore and I, and I get to Ashmore and I'm driving down the road to go to this person's house. And there's a turn off, you've got to turn to the right. So I turn off on this road. And after I'm three quarters down the road, I suddenly realized I turned off on the wrong road. I went down around the corner, went round this roundabout. It was a long, long way round. I came back again and I thought, okay, I'm going to hit the right road. And I turned off again, wrong road. Again, and I had to go down exactly the same roundabout, do another loop and go back again. And finally, I found this spot. So, you know, we can all be wrong. And, and when we're wrong, it can be really hard to admit it. And we all know that there was only one person who was perfect and his name was? That's right. And can you admit that it's not you? It is not me. There's only one person that was never wrong and that was Jesus. And aren't we so blessed that his spirit actually lives in us and it speaks to us and it, it can inform us when we're not quite doing the right thing. And, and, the, and doing something wrong can be in what we say, it can be in what we do, it can be the lifestyle we live. But God is so gracious that even though we get it wrong, he still loves us and he does not condemn us. See, C.S. Lewis says, though our feelings come and go, God's love does not. God is the author of life and he never, ever condemns us, even though we might be wrong. For Romans 5.8 says, but God demonstrate, demonstrates his own love for us while we were sinners, Christ died for us. You know, we can be a deflector when we're wrong. When you look at, look at the Bible, and I don't know if he was deflecting, but he wasn't owning when he was wrong. Pilate, when he's talking about Herod, he, he deflected what he, was, what he was meant to, was his responsibility. And what did he do? He washed his hands. When Jesus was going to the cross, he sat there and he washed his hand and he tried to deflect and say, it's Herod's problem, not my problem. 
And, and I'm just saying a few thoughts here because when we're wrong, some of us have different tendencies because of how we're brought up, what the world tells us what to do, what our friends told us what to do. And when we're wrong, so many of us just deflect. We act like it never, never, never happened. We act like we've done nothing wrong. Or maybe, maybe we just lie, straight out lie. And can I, can I encourage you this morning, and I was talking about allowing the Holy Spirit to move upon you, so we're not just bouncing on the floor, but allow him to change us inwardly. Because if he's going to change us inwardly, can we believe that when something happens, the inward reasons why we deflect can be shame, it can be fear, it can be anxiety, it could be depression, it could be a lot of things. But can we allow God's Spirit to come and move over these things in our lives that are causing us to deflect and then we won't deflect any longer. Allow his God's spirit to move upon our lives. Yeah, how we learn, and there's, I think this is on the screen, how we learn, some say it comes with age. But experience does not guarantee you will do it better. It just means you can get older. And for us, if, if we're going to confront some of our wrongs, Let's not deflect them, let's not hide them, and allow those things to exist until we get really, really old. And then we're not any wiser, we're just older. And I don't know if this relates to any of the older generation here, it relates to me, some of the things that I haven't confronted in my life. And God, has, in his mercy and grace, lets me live with that for quite a while, and then all of a sudden it'll come up, and I've got to deal with the issue. And I was wrong, I was just wrong, just right out wrong in the way I acted, the way I lived, my thought patterns. But God brings me to the place in his mercy and grace, and it might be in my older age where he actually comes and he works in me and he changes me. So just because you're old doesn't mean you're wise. Can I encourage you if you're older to keep pushing into God? Your age can be your greatest asset if you allow God to move. Dieter F. Uchtdorf said... Though we are incomplete, God loves us completely. Though we are imperfect, God loves us perfectly. Though we may feel lost and without compass, God's love encompasses us completely. He loves every one of us, even those who are flawed, rejected, awkward, sorrowful, or broken. In this season of upheaval, with COVID, with floods, with everything else that's going on, it tends to bring things up in us. I don't know if it's brought things up in you, it's brought things up in me. And can we just admit that sometimes we didn't quite get it right? And maybe we have to admit in some of these seasons that we're going through, as our thought patterns get challenged, as our lifestyle gets challenged, as our finances get challenged, as our health gets challenged, that maybe we have to, to say, okay, God, what is going on in my life? And maybe I was wrong in my thought patterns. And maybe I have to align what I think and what I do and who I am with the word of God and not what, what I was taught or what I was told. There's also another thing we do. We tend to repeat when we're wrong. We tend to repeat the same thing over and over again. If you know the story of Samson in the Bible, he just repeated the same thing over and over and over again. And except with Samson, every time he repeated and did the wrong thing, it got worse because he didn't confront it. So if you're doing something wrong, can I encourage you, don't confront it, don't be a Samson. Ignore it and go out and just do it again and again and again. And in the end, Samson lost his eyesight. He won in the end, but he lost so many, so many things along the way. Can we just admit that we can be wrong? 
You know, and it traps us. You know, there was a man called Cornelius, and, and he wanted to follow Jesus, a Pharisee. But because of his upbringing and who he was, he felt trapped, and he couldn't outwardly express who he was to Jesus. At the end, he did when Jesus died, but he struggled with it because he was trapped, because he, he knew he was wrong in his belief system. But because of the religious, of who he stood for and the religious thoughts of the day, he could not turn towards God. A, Jesus came to the Samaritan woman and she was wrong in what she was, think, what she was doing. But in God's mercy and grace, he turned around and he touched her and he changed her. Some of you may feel, and this is down to a practical level, that you're trapped in business. Some may feel you're trapped because of your finances. Some may feel you're trapped because of um, some secret sin. Some of you may, may feel trapped because of your past. But can I encourage you, there is a way out. Some of us are wrong. Some of us have had things done to us that were wrong. But we have a choice. Can we admit that we were wrong? Can we admit that those people were wrong? Release them from, from their hold on you and release yourself from the hold of what you're doing wrong, the hold on you, and let it go. See, Matthew 19, 26, and the reason why we hold on to things quite often is we think it's, it's just impossible for us to change. But 1926 is, but Jesus looked at them and said, said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. In fact, can you say that this morning? With God, all things are possible. Come on, let's start a bit with, with a bit more gusto. With God, all things are possible. Can you speak it to your spirit, man? Believe it this morning. With God, all things are possible. You know, C.S. Lewis said, said once again, it's funny as mortals, we put picture putting th things in our minds, but in reality, our best work is done by keeping some things out. And maybe just getting some stuff out. And one of the ways we can do it is we can admit that we were wrong and just let it go. Admit that people wronged us and just let it go. Jesus went on the cross and I've got my arms out. What did he do as he said on the cross? Forgive them for they don't know what they do. Easiest way to get rid of your wrongs. I think we're going to go and start, start our, our reading this morning. And if you want to turn to your Bibles, if you've got a Bible, and by the way, I haven't got an NIV Bible, so I borrowed this from upstairs. Um, hopefully it's not your Bible and you left it at church. If you did, if you've been looking for it because you're lost without your Bible, and you have been the same since you lost your Bible, I've got it. Come to me afterwards and get your Bible. I hope you missed it. I hope it didn't just come to church and then sit on the shelf and then sit there until next Sunday and then came out again the next, next Sunday. Oh, I pray this isn't your Bible. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear and we're going to turn to Acts 9 verses 1 to 6 and 17 to 20 and it's the story of Saul now this was a bloke who had to admit he had done a lot wrong I could have chosen many characters in the Bible but I just want to choose Saul or Paul as he was later known And we'll read from verse 1. 
Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord, the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him, and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any, any there who belonged to the way, and that's the Christians, by the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told, you will be told what you must do. I'd also like to read from verse 17 to 20. And it says, and by the way, Saul was, they were scared of Saul. This man had killed Christians, he was imprisoning Christians, or as they called themselves back then, the way. He was a guy that was going to try to destroy the church. And the word of God came to a man called Ananias. Ananias. And he got told to go and see Saul and to pray for him. This man must have been a bold man. To go to the very people who are, who are locking you up in prison, persecuting you, stoning you. And this man was sent there. Well, he goes to, goes to, to Saul and says... Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he has sent me so that you may, be see, you may see again immediately. And something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, at once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who, who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who called on his name and hasn't come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? What a turnaround. What a turnaround from someone who was persecuting the church, locking them up, stoning them, and through a series of events, straight away he goes out and he starts preaching that what? That Jesus is Lord. He was a man who admitted he was wrong. He had a huge conversion. Now this man had been trained under the best scholars of the day, under Gamaliel. This was a man who was brought up, a Jew of Jews, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was the one who stood in the seat and prosecuted the people as they came toward, towards the, when they came against the church. This was a powerful man. This was a man not just a powerful because of what he knew in this faith, in the Jewish tradition. He was also a free man because he was a Roman. He had everything. This guy was blessed. This was, this was the guy that you would meet who's got the yacht down in the, in the harbour. Everything he needs, maybe he's a powerful politician, a respected leader. That was who this man was. Everybody looked up to this man. And yet here he was, doing what he thought was right, what he'd been trained and told all his life was right. And he finds out in an instant he was wrong. 
In an instant, he was wrong. He had an appointment with Jesus, a big interaction, but he had it wrong. So there's a climax, and, and I like three really quick points. Am I out of time already, Crispy? <laughs> no, I know that. I'm just being silly. I'm just, look, I can't help this, but every time those two are in, in that, at the back together, you know their husband and wife, don't you? And so we've got to keep them on their toes when they're sitting there in that little cubicle where no one can see, just to make sure they're not canoodling and doing, doing their thing back there. That's right. Oh, sorry, I'm getting distracted. I'm getting distracted. Yeah. So what, is, what happens when all this goes on? Paul asks the, the first question. And it's the question that we should ask. We, ask. we ask God lots of questions. But there should be one question that we ask. And the question should be, who are you? when we come with time to God. And it's a really important question because if we know who God is, it knows what God is expecting. We find out what God is expecting of us. If we don't know who God is, if we've got an overlay of what God is and we think he's a mean God, then we overlay that meanness on the people around us. If we think he's a God that doesn't care, then we don't really care about others. But when we find out who he is, it gives us the ability to express that to other people and to show who God is by our lives because we want to be like him. So Paul or Saul asked the right question. And we should be asking that question too. We should be saying, God, who are you? Because if we know who he is, then it will expose what we're doing wrong. It will expose what we are doing wrong because we will want to be like him. And we can trust that what God is doing is right. Simple thought, simple thought, but a profound thought for us. It takes away the justification that we have for doing wrong. Because if Jesus can do it, so can we. If God can do it, so can we. We are made in his image. You know, most rabbis of the day, they believe that God didn't actually speak directly with man. That season was over. They actually believed that they could hear an echo of what he was saying, and they didn't really believe that God spoke to him. Well, can you imagine Saul's profound shock and horror when he hears the voice of the God, God physically speaking to him? And can I encourage you this morning, God is not silent. God still speaks. God still talks to you. Sometimes it's an audible voice. Sometimes it's such a strong impression in your heart. Sometimes it's what people say when they talk to you. It just stabs you or, or, or hits you in your mind. And it's the voice of God speaking to you and I encourage you. He will apprehend you just like he did with Saul at certain times of your life. And through that, we get a choice to step into God and to turn around. So can I ask you today, if you were gonna fight, express to me what was right in the world, where would you find what was right? Would you find it from what people say? Would you find it from Google? Would you find it from Instagram? Would you find it from Facebook? Would you find it from YouTube? Would you find it from what you see and experience? 
Would you find it from history? Would you find it by what I feel? And let me tell you, that is really, really dangerous when we run by what we feel. As Christians, especially as Pentecostals, we love these feelings. And those feelings come upon us, and, we, and I love those. But some feelings we can't always trust. See, there was a Gallup poll conducted in the 1990s asking three questions. What will we ask God? And these are the answers that came back. Will there ever be lasting world peace? How can I be a better person? What does the future hold for my family and me? Will there ever be a cure for all diseases? Why is there suffering in the world? All about us. All about us. But what did Paul say? What was his first question? Who are you, Lord? And from that very moment where the interaction was with God, there was a change in his life. There was a shift in his life. And when we come to realize who God is, it shifts who we are. And can I encourage you this morning, maybe if you're struggling with something in your life, maybe if you're really struggling and you just can't break it, maybe you ask God and say, God, will you show me who you are in this situation? Will you show me how you handle this situation? And when we realize who God is, it allows us to change our situation around and become more like him in our lives. The first question we, we quite often ask is, we just want to be right. But can we admit sometimes that we're wrong? And God, who are you? Second point, in verse 6, God says, go and enter the city. First thing, ask who God is. And then after you've asked who God is, then there's an expectation for us to do something. Paul was asked, or Saul was asked to go into the city. And for him, here he is, he's going to a city he's going to persecute. They know he's coming to give them a hard time. And now he finds himself walking into the city blind, having to be carried in. And he's, he's coming from what he thought was a position of strength and authority. And now he's coming into the city. It was a position of weakness, meekness, not knowing what was going to happen. And if you find yourself in that position, may I, may I encourage you this morning, it can sometimes be a good position to be in because it gives the opportunity for God to speak into your life. See, he, said to, he was told to go. And after we've asked that question, the next question we should say, God, is, okay, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And maybe, <laughs> maybe if you're in a partnership here, and, and probably I can guarantee you here, there's some people here, and maybe this is Claire and I too, maybe there's some people here that have had some, let's call them discussions in the last week. And we've come in here this morning and maybe we haven't come to agreement with these discussions. And maybe God is encouraging us to admit that we were wrong this morning and maybe to turn around and go to a place of not warfare, but to go to a place of forgiveness, to go to a place of, and we'll call it repentance, because repentance is admitting we were wrong. Admitting we were wrong and turning around, but not just admitting we were wrong and we're heading down this place of judgment, down this, this road where we're gonna condemn, where I am right, they were wrong. 
After, after we have repented, it means turning around and it means saying, hey, I love you. I just want to do what's best. And we turn around and we come from a completely different spirit. That is what repentance means. So, so Saul was asked to go into the city, or Paul, I'll call him Saul. He was asked to do something. He could have looked, looked back, he could have turned back, but he chose to keep on, keep on going. And Paul, I think in this moment, I wonder what was going through his mind. When he met Jesus and he heard Jesus and he's just come from this place, I've just sat and I've just been presiding over a stoning of someone who loved you. I've just sat there and I've made these huge accusations and I've locked these people up who, who, who follow you and yet I've done all these things wrong. I wonder what was going through his mind in that moment. Was it anger? Was it fear? What was going through his mind? And can I encourage you, when, when you're confronted with something, especially with Jesus, we can turn and we can look at our eyes on Jesus or our thoughts can go back to our past. And don't allow your past to condemn you. Don't allow your past to pull you backwards. Allow Jesus looking forward to move forward and and in that, you will, you will have the ability to right the wrongs that were made. And maybe the wrongs that were made to you by other people as well. Tough place. See, in this situation, we need to realize we are not mistakes. We have just made mistakes. So you are not a mistake. You are not a mistake. Those voices, those internal voices that run around in your, your head when you've done something wrong and you say, I'm just a mistake. You are not a mistake, you made a mistake. God does not make mistakes. You are not a mistake. We've all made mistakes, but you are not a mistake. We are children of God, we are called for a purpose, we are fearfully, wonderfully made, and it's our opportunity to stop and turn around and take a different direction. I'm going, so example, can we choose forgiveness over bitterness? Can we choose grief over denial? Can we choose growth over retreat? Can we choose hope over fear? Can we choose humility, humility over entitlement? Can we choose family over money? Can we choose responsibility over pleasure? See, in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 and 9, it says, We are pressed on every side by troubles. We are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Step back up and turn around. See, in verse 17 and 18, something supernatural happened. When we, when we face our consequences, when we go where God wants us to go, see, this was completely foreign to Saul. He'd never heard the voice of God before and all of a sudden he hears the voice of God and now he experienced something even more foreign because he is blind and he experiences scales falling off his eyes and he experiences the infilling of the Holy Spirit in his life, some things he'd never experienced before. And can I tell you, when you admit that you're wrong, when you admit that you've done something wrong, when you take up the responsibility for your actions, can I encourage you that we're actually scales will come off your life. You will see things differently. You will experience things differently. People will come up and wrong you again and that very thing that destroyed you last time will not destroy you this time. 
because you challenge your wrong thinking or your stinking thinking, let's call it, and the scales fall off our eyes and we see life differently. I don't know where you've come from this morning. I don't know what you've walked in with, but I encourage you as you go out this morning, as you, as you allow God to move in your life, the scales, the stress, the pain, the hurt can fall off or will fall off your life. See, God knows our lives from the very beginning and he has a plan for each and every one of us. So we can trust him in our situation that he is a way of escape. He is a way for righting our wrongs. You know, in, the, in this season we're in, and we've seen floods, we've seen it come over and over again, and some of us can feel overwhelmed. But Isaiah 59, 19 says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory shall be the rising of the sun. See, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. And that standard, if you feel like the enemy is coming against you, that standard, if you know what a standard was, if you've seen the movies, they hold this banner up. And, and they actually held up a standard. And it's saying that God's going to hold up a, a standard against it. And, and on the standard was written who you are, where you are from, what you're fighting for. It was all on the standard. So when, when they fought their battles, there was a standard raised high that people knew what they were doing as they were fighting. There was, they were reminded why they were fighting this battle. And when, when the enemy comes in like a flood, can we be so secure in God and believe there's a standard over our lives? There, there is God's word, there is God's promises over your lives. And when things go wrong and when you've done something wrong, there is a standard that's lifted up. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, there is actually a standard, God's promises over your life that are yes and amen. And do we believe it? When we turn around and we say, God, where are you? Can we imagine there's a standard over our lives? And our life story is written on the standard. Our promises of God are written on the standard. They're all there. And they're there for God to see as much as for you to see. And it reminds him of what his promises are for you. See, his banner over us is love. You can find peace in your problems. When we admit that we were wrong, we can find peace in our problems. See, peace does not mean you won't have problems, but it means your problems won't have you. Sorry, I said that too quick. There's a scripture that says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Can we know that even though we say we might have done wrong, and once again, I don't know what that means to each and every one of you, but can you be encouraged that there is no victory without a fight? There is no testimony without a test. There is no crown without a cross. There is no resurrection without a crucifixion. There is no healing without a sickness. And can you see that God, even though these things come upon us, in the end, if we stay strong with, with God, if we can admit we were wrong and turn around and admit that God was right, others were right, lay down some of who we are, it allows God to move in our lives. It allows God to bring restitution. It allows God to bring peace. It allows God to bring strength in our lives. 
and allows us to reflect Jesus a little bit more in our lives as we turn towards him. 2022, and can the band come up? It's full of God's opportunities. God never wastes a season for your life. Your greatest failure can be your, or your greatest wrong can be your greatest strength. Your testimony, he has a destiny for you this year. Now, I don't know where you, how you've come into the this, this service this morning, but I'm going to pray a simple prayer. over all of us. And this word, it's a funny word for me. It, I, I love it when, you, when I get up here and you expound how powerful God is, how mighty He is, how He's always there for us. I love that, I love that. But to turn around and say, hey God, I admit I'm wrong. But really, that, that should be some of the spirit we're coming from. And I'm not saying this is a downer to everybody because there's a lot that we do that's right. An awful lot we do that's right. Can we all stand? I, I don't like to, to, to speak negatively about, about or positively about any church as such. But there's one church that does a lot wrong, but they also do a lot right. And they have this thing called confession. And, and they come and, and, and they do something's wrong in it because they're confessing to a person. But can we imagine here, where this morning, we're in, a, we're in a confessional box this morning. And it's Jesus in front of us. And I'd like you all just to close your eyes for a minute. And I believe God's speaking to some of you now. In fact, God was speaking to you from the very first time I, I, I said that word wrong. And I'd like you to just quietly, whether it's under your breath, can you just ask forgiveness for the things that you did wrong? God, will you just reveal in this moment, Lord, the things you want to confront this morning? Will your spirit just bring back to remembrance, Lord God, the things we need to remember, Lord, so we can be set free this morning? Some of us have only got one thing. Some of us have got a list. But do you know when you, when you come to Jesus and you admit your wrongs, the ways we, way we haven't lived up to God's expectations, as far as He's concerned, that thing is just thrown away. It's gone. He doesn't remember it any longer. It's like it disappears. It never existed. So God, Lord, I, I pray for your people here this morning. And God, Lord, as we're sitting in this moment, Lord, focusing on you, I pray you'd release us, Lord, from the spiritual consequences, Lord God, that have been over our lives, Lord, because of the things that we've done that were wrong. 
I pray, Lord God, Lord, that you'd release us from the consequences of the, the things in our lives that other people did to us that were wrong in this moment. And God, Lord, I pray, Lord, you'd restore. The restoration process would start in this moment, Lord God. The restoration of marriages, Lord God. The restoration of fathers to sons and mothers to daughters. The restoration of conflict between friends and brothers. The God, Lord, that peace might come into situation, Lord God, I pray. The God, Lord, we'd better be truly honest with you this morning. To let out our stuff. To admit that we were wrong, Lord God, Lord. And allow, Lord, your rightness to come upon us, Lord. Allow, Lord, your wholeness to come upon us. Lord, I pray that every gap that is in our lives, Lord, that was open, Lord, because of the mistakes we made. I pray and ask, Lord, that the, your Holy Spirit would come and start filling those gaps. That the restoration process would start this morning. In fact, Lord God, Lord, I pray, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to come and to fall upon people and even this moment, Lord, I pray. God, let them know that you see them. Let, let us know that you see us, Lord God, in this moment. So God, Lord, as we come to you this morning, I pray from this moment there'll be a change, there'll be a shift in our lives. From this moment, Lord God. And God, we would start to see that standard that you've raised upon our lives. We would not forget that, Lord God, what you've always promised. And we would step into all that you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.